welcome to the Joyful Nourishment Podcast, a place for conversations around all things food, eating, body image and nourishment. Here we'll explore and unpack all the things that gets in the way of us having a kind, compassionate relationship with food and eating in our bodies and also how we can find our way back to joyful nourishment in our everyday lives. I'm your host, Lynn Thorstensen, a registered nutrition therapist and body image coach based in the west of Ireland, and I am so glad that you're here. So welcome back to another episode of Joyful Nourishment, and this week I am speaking with Shauna Farrell, and Shauna is a psychologist, a well-being specialist, and an intuitive eating counsellor. She has a master's in health psychology and experience working with cognitive behavioral therapy. And a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today is Shauna's, the work she does, but also how she became interested in intuitive eating around four years ago at this time of recording when she read the book Just Eat It by Laura Thomas. And she says the intuitive eating principles really resonated with her due to her past um, history of dieting and disordered eating. And Shauna has um, an Instagram page with really excellent content, Wellbeing with Shauna. And she started this page is in an attempt to connect with people from the intuitive eating community and help people ditch diet culture and improve their body image. So thanks so much, Shauna, for coming on and agreeing to have this conversation with me. No worries. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I am... always really curious about people who work in the intuitive eating non-diet weight inclusive space to how you arrive there because when we are and I don't know how you if, if you think this this is true as well that when we work in this weight inclusive non-diet space and we're surrounding ourselves with other professionals who are already in this kind of bubble, we forget that it's still a really radical space. It's mm-hmm. still so far from the norm of what's out there that, um, and you know, and even when we're bought into it, it's still quite challenging to kind of continue to, to stay there and to honor um, ourselves and our values in this space. So I wonder, Sean, if you could kind of kick off these conversations with, you know, what has your journey looked like to get to here with intuitive eating and weight inclusivity, non-diet? Yes, very, very good question. Uh, so for me, I'm psychology background. So, uh, but even within the psychology sphere, especially health psychology, which I have a master's in, It is very weight centric still. There is a lot of training around weight because they also talk about things like obesity, sorry, not obesity, diabetes, which they within the medical model would be seen as, you know, weight management would be a way to manage diabetes. So even when I did my training, there was a lot of things around weight. And when I did my training in intuitive eating, I probably would have been in a headspace where I was didn't have a very good relationship with food, didn't have a very good relationship with my body was kind of hardcore in diet culture and really held those beliefs around weight and health and my body and health and weight and worth that was a big thing for me so on my master's I really bought into all of that kind of weight-centric treatment and that would have been something that I 
pretty much was was a believer of and probably an, an advocate for. And um, then the shift for me really was, as I said to you, I read Just Eat It by Laura Thomas. And I just remember being like, whoa, this is hitting me hard like I just resonated with me so much the idea that diet culture is so problematic the idea that like we don't have to be a certain weight or look a certain way to be healthy and it was a challenge right because I was doing this master's that was all about our health and the interaction between our physical health and our mental health but this book is kind of the the opposite of, of what I was learning so I think first of all for me it was quite personal the initial introduction to intuitive eating was about me and it was about how my relationship was with food and my body and an opportunity for me to really repair that because and I'm sure I'll get into this as well I had a a very very dodgy relationship with food so and it took me a while doing intuitive eating to even realize how bad it probably was but then when I did that I just I felt like it was such an important topic of conversation and I just felt like so many people could be helped by learning about intuitive eating and body acceptance and I grew up in a world and a you know surrounded by people who believed the same thing that I did about weight and body image and everything so for me it was like this is such a good opportunity to a connect with other people so I can get that support but b also to help other people realize that there is another way and that you don't have to spend the rest of your life dieting or having a really poor relationship with food in order to be healthy and so that's kind of what brought me to it obviously more from a psychological perspective so that's what I try to do now is tie the kind of psychology side into using intuitive eating and other things but just to help people to build better relationship basically with food and their body yeah thank you and I I think what you're talking about is like really common like I think you know that that is a quite common trajectory and I wonder I suppose I'm curious as well like when those two worlds clashes, like when we have learned particularly, like even maybe more so professionally, like we're invested in, we've invested financially, mm. energetically, time-wise, learning all of this stuff. And then we kind of bump up around, you know, intuitive eating and non-diet principles and kind of gone, okay, there is a different way. And what am I going to do with all these things that I have learned in this other space? And what was that like for you, like in that sort of professional, personal capacity in that, you know, when, when you kind of realized, oh, maybe some of this stuff that I'm learning isn't helpful or yeah, true? Yeah, or true. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely difficult because I was like, I was not embarrassed for myself, but some of the beliefs I held, I was like, whoa, they were so problematic. Like, you know, fat phobia, weight stigma, I would have been had that very ingrained in me. So that was a hard, I think for me, intuitive eating was learning, but it was like an unlearning nearly as well. It was trying to challenge all of those beliefs that I had. So part of it was hard. Part of it was great because it was so freeing to realize that actually you could help people in a different way and that you can still think about improving health but in a way that's not going to be detrimental to certain aspects of your health Um, and also it's still tough because I know people who work in different fields like doctors or nutritionists or dietitians and they still have a very medical model or a very weight-centric model of health and that is how as you said 95% probably of people operate so 
it can sometimes feel a little bit, I guess, defeating to know that there's still so much of that out there. But at the same time, it feels great to be part of a movement that is working against that, I guess. So it's kind of a both of those it, things. Yeah, it's like that both and, right? Mm. And um, I had another question there that I was going to ask. Mm, yeah, it might come back to me. <laughs> it might come back to, to me. Um, and like, so when did you realize then for yourself that, you know, dieting didn't work or wasn't the answer? Like, what's, what does that kind of like personal journey then look like and realizing that some of these beliefs through your hmm. training and stuff was maybe not so helpful like what does what did the personal part look like then yeah so for me it was a, a long 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 journey I started I think Weight Watchers when I was maybe 21 so I actually was maybe older than some people but for me that was a catalyst into a, a massive amount of time spent engaging in diet culture paying for things in diet culture and the primary focus was my my weight right so I did have that belief that it was about my health but it was really about my appearance and the kind of the the worth I tied to that so I basically went from that to trying every diet under the sun from like the 5-2 diet where I was pretty much starving myself for two days a week or like not eating carbs or whatever it was I was always trying to find a way to lose more weight um, and eventually I got to the point when I moved to the UK to study my master's I had gone vegan and again that was all about my weight it wasn't about like obviously I care about the planet and animals but it wasn't about that it was literally about my health and my weight and I'd moved more actually into more of a like I'd say orthorexic side where it was starting to become a bit more like not necessarily eating clean but like some foods were more acceptable than other foods and I had a lot of anxiety then around food um so that was happening for me but at the time I was like this is great I'm thin and like but I also was like but I could be thinner like I was never kind of happy with what my body looked like and I also had a pretty bad relationship with exercise I was using that as a tool primarily for weight loss as well so that was kind of happening for me but I guess doing the health psychology masters it was being reinforced that like to be a certain weight is good, to be active is good, to eat certain foods is good. So like for me at that time, it was like, well, you know, everything I'm doing is brilliant. And I was actually working on for my thesis, a study on childhood obesity, which at the time I remember being like, when I met my supervisor being like, I'm not thin enough to be here because I'm doing a study on obesity and they're going to think that I, you know, I'm problematic because of my weight. So this was like how bad things wow. were for me in my mind at the time. And, and I was I was thin like I was so I, it was also kind of dysmorphia as well I couldn't really see what I looked like so that was all happening for me which now I'm like feel very compassionate towards younger Shauna but at the time it just kind of was the mind frame that I was in yeah. I just thought that that was acceptable I didn't really see an issue with my behaviors and or I, my relationship and I think what you're 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 what you're touching on there as well is that you know we live in a culture where a lot of these things are acceptable mm. and reinforced by you know the medical weight-centric model like it's really good and it's like I feel sometimes it's just like it's not picked up mm. when things are actually quite problematic yeah and it feels really isolating for a lot of for a lot of people it's like you know I'm 
there must be something wrong with me because mm. I can't get it together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also the other thing that I wanted to just pick up on that you shared, like that feeling of, well, my body is wrong. And what will people think if this yeah. is what I look like when I'm mm-hmm. in this field as well, which yeah. is not something that we talk about a lot mm-hmm. in the health professional field yeah. about, you know, different sizes bodies and what does that mean for like a person's ability to do their job or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. probably nothing but uh, yeah but the the beliefs and the biases that we hold Mm -hmm. um, personally and collectively so yeah yeah Yeah, especially in the the health sphere right and I think and we can want to finish answering the question but even in intuitive eating counseling like a lot of people look a certain way and there isn't necessarily yet the space for people in bigger bodies because there probably is a lot of fear around judgment as well right so it's also being aware that there is and I think for people for me when I was younger I was in a bigger body probably not even that much bigger now that I reflect but big enough for people to kind of comment on my body or comment on what I was eating or comment on my weight so I think for me then that was very much internalized for me. So even when I lost weight, I'd go to the doctor and they'd be like, okay, your weight's good now, but just like don't gain any more weight. So it would always be that thing that even though my weight was healthy in their eyes, when you're teetering on the edge of what they seem to be unhealthy or when you're over that, there's a lot more judgment. And then that can become very internalized because you've, you've been told your whole life basically to like lose weight or look differently or to be healthier. This is what you have to do. So it was definitely very internalized for me by that point. But I then read the Just Eat It book. Thank God. I don't know how I even came across it. I just remember being like, this seems interesting. And I remember in the first chapter, it says like, if you are tempted to go straight to gentle nutrition, this is a sign that you like need to read this book. And in my head, I was thinking, but I just want to know what the rules are. Um, But it really did. It it really hit me hard. When I read that book, I was like, okay, I have have had major issues around food. I started to realize like how bad my relationship was, like how restrictive it was. But it took me a while. I wasn't like, oh, great, I've read this book and now I'm never going to you know, be restrictive again. But I think your question was, how did I realize diet wasn't working? And I was at that diet bottom where I mm-hmm. physically was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I got to that point where I was like, I physically do not have the mentality, the capacity, the anythingness to deal with either counting my calories or being hungry or trying to suppress my hunger I was just like I'm over this now so Mm. for me it was that what probably drew me into the intuitive eating because I knew in my mind I needed to do something different um and I knew it when I read the book it helped me to see that dieting wasn't the answer because it gave me an explanation for all of those things right like this is why I couldn't stick to this diet this is why I maybe gained back a certain amount of weight. This is why this happened. And I started to realize that it wasn't me because yeah. when you're dieting and you're in diet culture, you blame yourself. It's like, yeah. oh, I don't have willpower. Yeah. or I can't stick to the diet, but actually you realize that it's not you. And yeah. that was really powerful for me. And that I think helped me then to kind of continue on with my journey. Yeah. 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 I think that that's, that's quite common I think even for me personally it's like getting to that place where you just I can't do it anymore there's got to be more to it than this 
it's yeah. just like it's not possible and in that in that space as well when you know when you find yourself there it's like oh I can't do this anymore you read the book and I'm like okay this makes sense and what was the kind of like okay but my body and the size of it or my weight mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. what what happened like in that kind of space there yeah that was definitely a longer journey for me because I think initially I was like okay I won't diet but when I do this my weight will just stay the same but I had restricted for so long that I did gain weight when I stopped dieting which I had to then learn that that was okay and that took me more time to learn that actually it was better for me to be in a bigger body than spend the rest of my life battling against you know what my maybe natural size is or trying to starve myself or constantly be vigilant in what I'm eating to try to lose weight but it definitely was a harder piece for me that to gain that weight right because when you've got that damaged relationship with your body and when your worth is tied to your weight it is difficult and I think for some people they do intuitive eating they stay the same some people lose weight some people gain weight but there is that very real bit of coming to terms with the fact that your weight is not your worth that you can be healthy in different body sizes but at the same time we live in a world that views different bodies in different ways so you have more privilege when you're thin whether that's clothes whether that's people not commenting on your body whether that's whatever not feeling uncomfortable wearing a swimsuit so like you do have to also come to terms with those things when your body changes and I think it would be like not fair for us to not recognize that that exists that there is still stigma there absolutely Um, I think it's really important to name that and I think you bring up something as well that I feel isn't always talked about you know that weight gain is a possibility of you know stopping dieting because sometimes that's what's necessary for the body to heal yeah and you know what do we do with that and what what were the things that felt like kind of helpful for you like on that journey what were the things that resources or ways of resourcing yourself because it is difficult and because we continue to swim in this soup of Mm -hmm. you know thin is better and you know you have to be a certain small size to be healthy and all like you know it like the messaging doesn't go away Mm-hmm. but it helps when you put the blinkers on a bit but yeah <laughs> what what were the things you know I suppose what we're really talking about here is like body acceptance like what were the things mm-hmm. that that has helped you on that journey yeah so there's been a few for sure and like just to say it's a journey for sure I still have days where I'm like oh I'm not happy in this body and I have to do work to deal with those thoughts um but I think the things that really helped me initially were like definitely social media like following people amazing gorgeous people just living their lives in bigger bodies that was super helpful for me to just see like okay more than one type of body actually exists and you can have a happy and fulfilled life in more than one type of body so that was something that was helpful for me and then also connecting with people from the intuitive eating community because as you know by default we are people who are also anti-weight stigma and weight inclusive so I still to this day, even though I talk about it, when I see a post saying like your weight is not your worth, like that still helps me, even though I like know that now, it's just that like reinforcement. So that was really helpful. I think for me, the other things that I had to do were difficult conversations with people. And I don't want to name and shame anyone, but like, you know, we live in a world where a lot of people we know 
still really believe in weight loss and dieting and especially women they have this idea of like attraction lies within your body and there were people in my life that I needed to have conversations with to be like this has been damaging to me and harmful to me and I'm not saying it's your fault but what I am saying is that I don't want to have these conversations anymore and I have to put a lot of boundaries in place which is not the easiest thing to do Mm -hmm. But I had to do that for me because I was like, I can't sit in these spaces and listen to people berate themselves or other people because that's just going to be damaging for me. And luckily, most people were very receptive to that. Luckily, I have friends and family members who now would be more intuitive eaters and who have left diet culture. I have friends who haven't and that's totally their prerogative. But I do feel like I've done a good job at shutting down diet talk around me. And even now when I meet someone new, I'm just quick to do it because I know it's awkward, but I'm like, I'd rather shut it down than for me to have to sit and deal with this. Not always. Sometimes it slips in. Sometimes you can't do anything about it, but definitely the boundaries piece for me has been helpful. That's yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I think that's really helpful for people to hear that as well. That that is also something that, you know, is, is necessary to sort of being able to, protect oneself um for, you know uh, through that healing process and just and it's everywhere right when you start sort of paying attention to it mm-hmm. and what people are talking about and yeah. it's just like it, it's it's just everywhere so it's, it's really difficult to it's like that yeah people have nothing to do with it it's just like mm. you know we see it in in and, and, you know, I wanted to kind of talk about that as well, like what you've noticed in your work in the psychology field and health psychology. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you talked about your training, but it's not like even with people like who has nothing to do with anything in the space professionally. Mm-hmm. This is like a topic of conversation that people yeah. talk about all the time. All the time. I even think yesterday I was trying in a changing room and I could hear a person in there with a member, one of the employees, and she was trying stuff on. And she asked for a size eight, I could hear. And she tried something and she said, oh, it's just my tummy. Like my tummy is so big. And the employee was like, have you tried Spanx? Or like, have you tried this? And it was just like such a normal conversation. They were just chatting about bodies. They were, oh, don't worry. I know how you feel. And it was just like, Obviously for me now, because of everything, I feel a different way about that. But like those conversations are so normalized. And like, yeah. obviously in that situation, I wasn't going to be like, hey guys, <laughs> stop talking about diet culture. It's like, whatever. <laughs> but it's just, it's crazy. The amount I notice it now, just in general day-to-day life. It's And I think sometimes you mentioned earlier, it's still a radical space and it's hard to be in this yeah. space sometimes. Like I question myself sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, is this too hard or is it too much to try to continue to spread this message or like to work against these really entrenched ingrained beliefs that we have? And I do think it's worth it. And that's why I'm still here. But there are days where I'm like, oh my God, I just want to give up and diet because this is easier. It's easier in some ways, but obviously we know it's not easier because it's longer term, way more damaging for us than it is to step outside of that. And because it doesn't work. And yeah and I think as well that you know like professionally as well it's like it's hard and it's hard to have those conversations and it's it's hard to watch things being done that Mm -hmm. is harmful that's just like 
it's not that it's not just helpful it's just yeah. actually harmful, harmful. Yeah. and yeah, having sure. having conversations and people pushing back um it's yeah you're right it's really hard and yeah that's a, that's I think that's when I fantasize sometimes and go maybe I should just have a different career altogether <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly more of that maybe I should just leave this career behind but no it is I think it is hard but I think there's a reason we all do it because we know it's right and we know that there are people being really really harmed by the current way that we give care and like people being stigmatized and people not getting access to resources they need and like that is to me worth the battle because I think eventually more and more and more people are going to going to realize that the way we thought was problematic but we're just so in that moment now where it's kind of starting but there's still a lot of backlash and that can be it can be difficult sometimes yeah I agree and I, I had a conversation with somebody or met somebody who has been in the non-diet space he's retired now actually mm. like from maybe the 80s or something and I said wow how much like do you feel like tired like the fact that we haven't made more progress <laughs> yeah. in 30 or 40 years but she's like well you know we are shifting and I think that feels like the the blessing of social media that things mm. can sort of spread quicker and there's conversations and connections that can happen that you know otherwise you feel I, I personally I felt when I came upon non-diets Mm. and into the meeting I felt really lonely mm. it's like there is none of my peers that are professional peers that are talking about this and then you kind of like oh I'm not sure I want to put myself out there because it's radical and like mm. is that going to be helpful so um what are people going to think you know that kind of way yeah once, yeah yeah once you kind of join your community and you're connecting with other people on that same wavelength um yeah it is worth it and it it, I don't know it feels like when you're aligned with your personal values in your work it just yeah that makes it easier I think even when it's hard yeah absolutely and that's that that definitely helps me when it's hard like what are my values and then also remembering what it was like to not be in this space right so like okay yes I'm struggling with my body but what's the answer to that the answer doesn't lie within me changing that because even when my body was different I still wasn't happy I still wasn't confident and that's the same for for so many people and I think it's that for individuals when they're finding it hard to know that it is hard and it is a process but like it's so much more worth it to go through this journey to build a better relationship with your body and with food and as professionals to be on the right side of that rather than yeah. be on, on the other side. And, and as you said, I think social media for us is a blessing because there is a, you know, there are actually a lot more people creating stuff around body acceptance intuitive eating. And even if that's filtering down just a little bit, I think that's, you know, amazing to see. Yeah, I agree. It's like we're just planting little seeds one mm. by one. And I think about this, that, uh, you know, like my colleague there who's retired now, and I said, well, maybe when you and I retire, maybe we've worked ourselves out of a job. Like maybe there isn't any more disordered eating or eating disorders. <laughs> or yeah. It's very reduced anyway. It's not it's not increasing. I'm like, yeah, I think I'll be good with that. Like, I'd be good with that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We might have made a change. Yeah. So, um, like, professionally then like 
having you know moved into weight inclusivity and on mm. diet and intuitive eating what are the things that you've changed or is there things that you've noticed that you're doing different now in your professional work to yeah how, pr- prior to to the sort of awakening yes <laughs> yeah so I think for me luckily I kind of learned more about intuitive eating before I actually started my like therapy work and stuff like that so it was more during my training that I would have okay. had that mentality and then when I started actually working with people thankfully I had already had a little bit of exposure to this but I think for me it's an interesting one I work currently more in like workplace well-being I do that full time I am actually going to start to take on some of my own clients soon which is great it's just figuring all that out but I think for me definitely the things I've learned and that I implement is if people bring up issues around their body and weight kind of having good information around exploring why that is, where that's coming from, being able to use principles from body acceptance and intuitive eating rather than, you know, going to a more weight-centric model, which therapists and psychologists do, which they shouldn't. Like, your therapist should never advise you to change your body anyway, but it happens. It happens more than you think it would, and especially in CBT models of behavior change, you know, it would be Mm. setting goals, smart goals, things like that. So, For me, it's just if something like that comes up, it's understanding where it comes from. And rather than diving into that, you know, goal setting around weight loss, you don't do that. You try to help them to build a better relationship with food. Also, I worked with a good few people um, when I was working for the NHS with binge eating. And it was so helpful to have the intuitive eating stuff because our binge eating model of treatment was very structured because that was the kind of policy we followed. But for me to be able to bring in the intuitive eating to understand, like, you know, it's the not eating that causes the binge eating. And also for them to be able to see, like, I could give them resources around diet culture and, you know, not dieting and gentle nutrition and stuff like that. So that was great when you're working specifically with the eating stuff to bring in more of an intuitive eating model for sure. And also with my colleagues, like I have done everything I can to educate the people around me. Like I actually just delivered an intuitive eating training to my company my company I don't own it but that was kind of scary because I was afraid of the attitudes that might come up where I was afraid of I guess not afraid but I was a little bit nervous about that now I'm perfectly able to hold my ground and like give my opinion especially when it comes to this because I feel very strongly about it but I obviously wanted to do that in a way that was going to be receptible and like that people could actually learn. And luckily it went really well and people were actually very interested in it. But even during that training, a couple of the comments made were, would be teetering on stuff I maybe would have thought or said before I got into intuitive eating. So, but also you need to have time for that, right? Because I was there too. And we know that that's such, it's so common to hold those beliefs. So for me, yeah, it's obviously just hopefully being a better psychologist, but also hopefully being able to spread a little bit of the message to the people I work with as well so that we can all um, just do better. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Your company is very lucky to to have you, I think, Mm -hmm. and that there is somebody there kind of planting new seeds and Mm -hmm. different, just showing that there, there is a different way, I think, can be helpful. and you know like when I do training sometimes with professionals well like the the question is that but what about health and Mm -hmm. what about Mm -hmm. but it's unhealthy to be in a bigger body and all bodies will lose weight if you stop binge eating and you know these kind of things which yeah 
is really like not true. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one is also this kind of for me was like when when we are leading with a weight centric model, we're just inadvertently upholding this underlying oppression that or hierarchy body hierarchies that some bodies mm-hmm. are better than others. Yeah. And for me, that was like when I understood that, like I was like, I don't want to that that doesn't that's not aligned with my personal mm. professional values. Values, yeah. So that feels wrong. And so I'm like, mm. okay. Then it was a very easy call. But yes. I you know, that's it's not always clear cut like that. It's you know. Yeah, and I think that can be the hardest bit for people to swallow because of the messaging we get, because of our uh, medical model, because of even just how we socially talk about bodies and weight and all of those programs from the 2000s, like, you know, super size versus super skinny, all of those things. I think there is this intrinsic belief that a lot of people have that to be in a bigger body is bad. It's bad for your health. And even if it's not bad for your health, it's not appealing and I think mm. that is the hardest thing to change people's minds on and possibly the most important thing to change people's minds on, right? Because that's what feeds into weight stigma, to fat phobia. And for whatever reason, given all of the messaging we've had over the last 50 years, people feel like it's okay to have certain beliefs around people in bigger bodies. And you still mm. see that. You see it all the time within the care system. And we're supposed to be the people taking care of other people, whether that's psychologists, dietitians, doctors, nutritionists whatever it is but there's still that very weight-centric model and I think that drives me as well because I'm like I find that so problematic now at the time years ago I didn't find it problematic I believed it but it's like I'm so glad I've unlearned that and I feel like other people have the ability to unlearn it but it just is it's it's a hard one for people to to wrap their head around initially because of those internalized beliefs that they have Absolutely. And I think both for professionals and for everyone, because most of those have become internalized as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally, yeah. So, so yeah. that's why like body acceptance is, is hard and as part of an ongoing journey as well. Yeah. So one kind of questions as we're moving towards the end. So what are the what are some of the biggest benefits that you have seen um in your work or Mm. personally as a result of embracing intuitive eating and non-diet approaches yeah I think in my work it's just being able to spread that message to so many people and when you see people start to unlearn or when you see people make that connection of oh my god it's actually the dieting that caused this rather than the action than me like I have a friend who I kind of, you know, she's a friend. So we didn't, I wasn't her therapist, but I kind of talked her through some of the intuitive eating stuff. And, you know, she said to me recently, she had like chocolate in the house. And before that would have been something she binged and she couldn't believe that it had been there for like a week or two weeks or a month. So it's like, I think those wins with clients or friends or whoever it is that they can actually start to trust their body and they can learn that they don't need to diet. Um, that's an amazing result of being part of intuitive eating community and being able to teach that to other people. I think for me, the main benefits are like not having to diet, which is so good. <laughs> like I don't have to use my head space to think about back and dieting or what I can and can't eat, which is great. 
not being hungry all the time is also great. <laughs> like my arch nemesis is hunger because I used to be hungry all the time. Um, and just like doing more, just living my life. I'm not saying it's not hard. I definitely still have days where I struggle with my body and I have days where I, you know, maybe go back into those difficult thoughts that I had. But I think I have just found a way of living that is so in line with my beliefs and my values and will make me happy. And that's crazy to think that that came from intuitive eating, but it also came from everything around that because you do just connect a lot more to all of the good stuff about you that is not just about how you look, right? So I think yeah. for me, that's been huge. Yeah, that that is huge. And it's it's like, it sounds simple and sometimes it sounds obvious, but it's definitely a journey and a process mm-hmm. and it can take time, you know, yeah, especially if sure. we have dieted for like, a long time many many years yeah, yeah 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 so it's okay if it takes you know a few months or years a few years yeah. even to yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly so final question shauna and um, and i named this podcast joyful nourishment and i'm really curious of course what does joyful nourishment mean to you yeah, so I think it's a lovely name for the podcast. Um, and it's like the opposite of dieting, right? Because when you're dieting, your nourishment is the least joyful experience ever because you're just thinking about calories or macros or micros or whatever you're thinking about. So I think for me now, that is about kind of eating and living in a way that makes me happy and makes my body happy. Being able to be excited about food, not because I'm never going to be able to eat that food again, or it's like a cheat meal, but just because I can have all foods and I can enjoy my life. Um, And I think it's, yeah, it's that piece of not having the anxiety that I would have had around food. So I can actually eat in a way that makes me feel good. But I know that encompasses lots of other things as well, right? The way you live your life and your, your body and your mind and everything. And like, look, I'm still a foodie, but sometimes pizza is joyful and sometimes broccoli is joyful. And that's amazing that I'm at that stage where I can get joy from all different foods, depending on what my body needs. So yeah, I think for me, it's just having that, that happiness around food rather than that sadness or that anxiety that I maybe would have had before. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That makes me happy. Just that joy, joyous that things is like feeding ourselves that becomes so complicated and so mm. fraught that it mm. actually can turn around and it can be joyful yeah. uh, and nourishing. So, where can people find you, Shauna? If people want to go and check you out, yes. and I will link to <laughs> websites, you. whatever you want to share in the show notes. So, You're people very can go and check you Brilliant. out. Yeah, so my page is Wellbeing with Shauna. So you can find me on there. I do have TikTok, but like more on the Instagram. But if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's the same Wellbeing with Shauna. And that's where I am for now. As I said, at the moment, I'm working full time, but I am going to start to take on some more individual clients. So if you're interested, you can keep an eye and see. But I post loads of content because I think as many people as possible deserve to have access to information about you know intuitive eating body image I also do general stuff about mental health as well so yeah yeah that's yeah it's definitely a great account to follow and I am so grateful for having this conversation with you Shauna so thank you for having me thank you for listening to joyful nourishment this podcast is produced solely by me with no financial backing and your support means a lot to keep this project going 
If this episode has been helpful in any way, it really helps this podcast to help others if you click like, subscribe, or leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. And of course, you can also subscribe so that you won't miss any future episodes. Find out more about what I do in my private practice and what I offer over on straightforwardnutrition.com. And I am currently taking on new clients, so you will find a link to book in for a free 30-minute session in the show notes if this is something you're interested in. And finally, please come and join the Joyful Nourishment community over on Substack by subscribing to my newsletter.